Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to episode 32 of From Dial Square to Where Randcast 3, It's Gotten Worse. This is the audio version of the live show from Sunday, November 10th. I was delighted to have been joined by Tanner at The Bearded Gooner, search and subscribe to his YouTube channel The Bearded Gooner, and Ryan, at MRArsenal89, to have a thorough review of the current situation of Arsenal following the defeat vs Leicester City yesterday and the subsequent statement issued via David Ornstein in his article from The Athletic. I'm very pleased with the issues that were brought up in the show and it got really down to the nitty-gritty of what's going on with the Arsenal at the moment. I call for help from Swiss Ramble and the We Care Do You movement following the David Ornstein article on the Athletic website, which suggests that the board are happy with the coach despite the worst start to a league season since 1982-83. Please like, subscribe and share, thanks for watching, also be sure to listen to the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Acast. Treacle? People keep asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Welcome to the latest episode of From Dial Square to Wear, the Arsenal Twitter podcast, which incidentally contains adult content which is definitely not suitable for young children. Please like and subscribe and leave a five-star review, it really helps. Also, please be sure to visit the YouTube channel and subscribe to that. We have a brand new show, You Can Be The Star, the most interactive Arsenal show, where the twist is the viewer who entertains us the most on the night can join us live on the panel to air their opinions. We have great guests weekly. We've had Kevin Campbell, who was absolutely brilliant. That's still available to watch. And we also have more excellent guests lined up, which is very, very exciting. Thanks for listening. Well, welcome to everyone. This is from Dale Square to Where, Rank Cast Three, and it take I take no pleasure from doing these. I really don't. It's just been something that you just have to do at times. It, it's just been so bad lately, and the fallout from yesterday's match has been so poor, with so many dis- talking points or ranting points, I should say, that um, this emerging of uh, me and my friends here and all your friends um, just had to be brought to brought to order. We've got Ryan joining us soon. 
he'll be with us in about five or ten minutes. But as you can see with me, uh, to my right-hand side here, it's Tanner D, the bearded gooner. How are you, Tanner? Uh, not bad. Not bad, Andrew. Uh, a little tired here. <laughs> up late last yeah. night, uh, got up, but uh, raring to go. Lots to talk about. Yeah, there certainly is. There certainly is. Well, just briefly before we went live, we started a discussion about yesterday's game. And I mentioned that it was um, another very poor overall performance. However, it it was probably one of our better ones for a few weeks, but still not good enough in many, many ways. And you were just starting to answer that question yourself. So um, carry on. What's... What did you think about the game overall yesterday before we start getting into sort of finer points and finer details about what's going on? What was um, your general overview? I'm, I'm with you on the uh, on the sentiment that it was one of our better performances, honestly. Um, I mean, you have to say, obviously, and, you know, we were... We were in the game. Um, we certainly had some chances. I, I thought, you know, going forward, it was it was just sort of down to some individual individual mistakes, really, that, that um, you know, the Obama-Yang offside in the first half, and, and he was offside. I, there's there's no, you know, not not arguing it. Mm. It was the right call. Um, I'm nothing if, if not objective most of the time. But um, yeah. oh, overall, um, yeah, I, I thought it was one of our better performances, but still that, that being said, still – way 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 off the pace in terms of where we need to be in the in the in the performance that we need to be putting in so um not bad had some bright spots defending is is still just utterly shambolic at, at the back um but um yeah it, uh, I, I don't think anybody expected mm. three points and, and we I, th- I think most of us got what we expected yeah yeah well i mean the annoying thing for me is uh, that it's. I just. I just think it's plain to see that the squad that we've got, strength and quality of the players that we've got, is more than capable of not just competing with Leicester City, but beating Leicester City. I think individual quality running through the, the squad that we have is better than Leicester City. It's better than, by far, than Sheffield United. It's better, by far, than Watford. It's better, by far, than the current Manchester United team. It, something. There's, a, there's obviously something, a thread running through all of those performances. And it just shows you what difference a quality coach makes to a team. People say, well, you know, it doesn't do Rick. People actually say that, and I've been guilty in the past of saying that sort of thing about, in the past, about Jose Mourinho, about Pep Guardiola, uh, where you you say the the odd throwaway comment like, uh, oh, even my nan could coach that Barcelona team to the title. Uh, You know, you know what I mean? Because of the quality they had running through that Barcelona team, just as an example. And... I mean, that fell on its arse with PSG a couple of seasons ago. Mm-hmm. 
they've got one of the most expensively assembled squads in world football. But they, uh, people have said loads and loads of times that similar type of phrase, oh, you know, anyone could coach that team because it's a one-horse race in France. Only Unai Emery can come second in a one-horse race in France because they, <laughs> he, he, he lost... He lost the title to Monaco, didn't he? Yep. With the with a fantastic squad, and our, our team is so much better than our performances are showing. We it's far more, you know, uh, than the sum of its parts, and it just staggers me when you see the comment that came out that everyone must have seen by now, who's uh, an Arsenal fan, by David Ornstein. This morning, the, his. Um, do you subscribe to the Athletic? Have you read the full? I do subscribe to the Athletic, and I did read the entire article. It's just like a punch in the bollocks when you read that. To be perfectly honest, on top of everything else that's been going on lately, isn't it? Yep, that's exactly okay. what I said last night when I saw it, and and, and um, I actually said that before I even read the article, and um, just. Yeah, it's it's a punch to the gut. It feels like someone just came up and, and sucker punched me right in the gut, knocked knocked the wind out of me. I I I was left utterly utterly breathless when I when I first when I first saw the tweet from David Ornstein, and again before even reading the article, I, I was left utterly breathless at the idea that this ownership group that that the executives of this club can can watch what is going on and not act or or say no you know what it's not dire yet we're not in 12th place yet we're okay we're gonna wait until we're gonna wait until we hit rock bottom before we decide to go make a change and then it's too late i i don't blame emory anymore this is down to the board and ownership it's just he's um Oh, yes. He just don't misunderstand me. I'm not going to sit here and say that. He doesn't know what to do. I, no, he has no clue. No, no, no. no. I'm no, just saying. He doesn't know what to do. I'm actually, yeah. I'm actually uh, in the process of, of completely agreeing with you because it's got past that stage now. He's he's shown that he can't manage this team. He He's literally made the whole team regress. Um I mean, we've got all we've all seen loads of damning statistics about um, the performances since he took charge. It's not going to change. Everyone can see that we're getting worse. Uh, it was only three weeks ago that we were we were ahead of Leicester. We were in third position. Three or four weeks ago, no more than that, and now we're nine points behind them. And we're only one point ahead of Man United now, who are the butt of everyone's jokes. Uh, as far, you know, worldwide at the moment, with, the, with their performances and Oli going to Solskjaer and everyone taking the piss and Oli's at the wheel and all that, we're only a point ahead of them. Yeah. Uh, it won't be too long before Spurs get their act together, win two or three games on the trot, and they'll be above us as well. Yep. I've been, I've been um, saying that for a month and a half. So we can we can keep going on and on and on about Emery. It, I, I think you're exactly right. It's It's gone past that stage now. And... <laughs> If they don't do anything, then that's just gross misconduct, gross negligence, negligence of um, all duties. And they didn't look very happy to me when they were sitting in the in the crowd yesterday. So, what the hell is going on? And 
it's it's quite it would be the right thing to do at this stage to just hope that what we heard from David Ornstein is the dreaded vote of confidence. But it, it's not the sort of usual stuff that you see from a from the vote of confidence. It's a bit more than that. It seems that they are they've gone into a bit more detail about the, exactly how happy they are and where we are in in our sort of stage of rejuvenation after Wenger. And it doesn't it doesn't read like a, a vote of confidence. So what do you, well, what do you think? Do you think it could theoretically be that a vote of confidence yeah I no I I you know when you came on with me last week you 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 said something that's kind of stuck with me here that the the board uh you know Raul Edu I don't think they had a plan B I, I think they fully intended with this squad that they thought that Unai Emery would be able to get us top four. Even if it's finishing fourth place by the skin of our teeth, I think they genuinely thought he would be able to do this. I don't think they saw any scenario where this was going to happen. I don't think they know what to do right now. I don't think, I mean, it's sure, it's one thing to, you know, to go and, and talk to Louis Enrique or, or you know, I, I saw a rumor yesterday about Steven Gerrard uh, quitting Rangers if this job became available. And, and uh, you know, everybody talks about Freddie getting the job. And, and, and I just don't think that they're ready to pull the trigger because I don't think they were properly prepared. I don't think they had a contingency plan in place for the disaster that is staring them clearly right in the face right now. So the vote of confidence... I think that the board may well be, to a degree, in the same boat that Unai Emery is in and that they don't know what to do. He doesn't know what to do in-game, prior to a game, setting us up, getting the, the starting 11 right. The board doesn't know what to do right now because this is not what they expected and they're kind of getting caught with their pants down. Well, the right thing to do under any circumstances, whether you've got someone in place or not, is just get rid because it's only getting worse by the day and things can't get any worse. I mean, they could put, theoretically, they could put David Louise or Aubameyang or it's, it's like a player coach and we'll do better than we are at the moment. It's a, You've seen it a million times when a team has lost confidence in its manager. It just becomes a toxic environment. People just don't run that yard quicker than they could. And they don't give that extra 1% 1 or 2% on the pitch. Because they think... Obama Obama yesterday pulling up in the middle of the park before making a tackle. He just pulled up. He wasn't going to go in and make the tackle. I know. He pulled up. He stopped. Did you see... And he's the new captain. So. The first ten minutes, the first ten or fifteen minutes of the match, um, I couldn't believe my eyes about the way that absolutely no one, no one was doing any kind of pressing whatsoever. It got a little bit better throughout the game, but the first ten or fifteen minutes, I just looked. I just, 
they were passing it around unless the defenders were passing it around amongst themselves. Mm -hmm. And there was a good 10 to 15 yards between our strikers and them. You know, you know what and I'm saying? We're supposed to be playing out from the back, and we, you know, Emery wants to be this pressing side, yet every single team that we come up against does this to us. They come at us with their high press while we pass the ball from fullback to central to center half, back to our goalkeeper, back to our center half, try to get it up the pitch. Then we pass it backwards yet again. How many times from a quarter yesterday did we swing the ball in only for it to go all the way back across the, the, the halfway line for us to start over again and, and build up that that this this playing out from the back thing from the beginning to me makes absolutely zero sense. Why do I want to play with with the ball in my end of the field, in my end of the pitch? I want to play with the ball in your end of the field. That's where I'm going to score. This makes no sense to me, but that's 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 all tactics and and everything else. I'm going to try not to go off on a well, right here at some point today. So no, well, I'll, 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 I won't be able to hold back for too, too much. <laughs> but the the playing out from the back thing, I can I can totally understand because people say kick it. Get people are asking, well, kick it long, kick it long, you know, because that's where we want it to be. And that's when you're playing out from the back. The way I see that, the, the way he wants to play it, it's the same thing. However, what he's supposed to do is entice three or four of their players to your defence first to get them out of the game. And then pass it over the top of those three or four players. So theoretically, you are playing it long. You're just delaying it a bit. So you get a few, get as many of their team out of the way as possible before you lump it over the top of them. But we oh, we, we haven't got the intelligence to do that at the moment, no. unfortunately. No. So that I mean that's just that that's by the by. But the way that we are performing, if we we've all seen again that. The rumours about all the player unrest, Torreira, Aubameyang, Lacazette, the whole, you can go through the whole team, it's probably the same. But if we lose Aubameyang, then, because there's loads of rumours about him being chased now by Madrid, Barcelona, you name it. As soon as one or two get, get named, it's going to start being a bidding war for him in uh, in January no doubt and January will probably be the time when we got rid because of the price we could effectively get because he'd still have 18 months on his contract whereas if we wait until the summer it's only got a year and that could affect the price by 15 20 million in this stupid marketplace yeah and if we, if we like I think I was um, replying to maybe your you and said well if we, if we didn't have him we'd be bottom three because who else is scoring for us? There ain't none. You know, right. Willock's got two. Lacquer's got two. And they, they're, every single player at the moment is looking completely pissed off. You know, they're looking thoroughly miserable. It, we seriously got to... Someone's got to give the, the, all the players, the whole club, a Chinese burn at the moment to wake us up because we're sleepwalking down, down, down and down. And it's it's really scary because these things are going to happen very quickly once they start. Oh, yeah. By, Chris, by Christmas, we if you get home, a top six race if, if, we're not, if we're not careful. Absolutely no doubt whatsoever. No doubt. And it's just like a boat springing a leak. It'll go down a lot quicker than you imagine. 
Um, and once it starts, I say it's very, very hard to turn it around. You know, like a, a nose diving plane. But I think probably for me, one of the most really worrying things is the is all the player aggression. And I've talked about this on Twitter a lot recently, and I put out quite a few tweets about um, the complete um, slagging off of our players and, and everyone's losing patience in them. And I'm normally, under all normal circumstances, I would be the first person in this situation of a, a rival club. I'd be blaming the players. I wouldn't be blaming the manager. I'd say the players have got to do better. But it's it's clearly obvious from Emery's work history with all the clubs he's been at before and what he's done to this club whilst he's been here that he is by far more to blame than the players. Now, I'm not saying they're blameless. They can do better. But, and I th- I, you've probably seen this, and I'm sorry for repeating myself, but Danny Ceballos, the first couple of games of the season against Burnley and what he did in the summer for Spain, that's Dan- Danny Ceballos. That's the player. He's lost all of his life. He's lost all of his spark. Mm-hmm. He's been played in four different positions in a new in a new country, in a new team, without speaking the language. Kid, he's only 20, 22 years old. Yep. I'm not I'm, I'm not being funny, but he's not showing now the player that he truly is. He's showing that he's a player that's completely lost all faith and all confidence. And he's pissed off. Same as all the others. And I could say the same about Saka, about Willock, about being dragged off at half-time, embarrassed twice in the row. You know, ruining the kids' confidence. Yep. You know, he's... knows what's happened to Reese Nelson as well. He started brightly. He got loads of stick. Four first-team appearances, for fuck's sake. He scored two. Assisted two, at least. It might have been slightly more than two. But I know that one of one of those goals was chalked off through no fault of his own because Nacho Monreal was offside. Yeah. But he started brightly and a, a fans jump on his back immediately, straight away. But he pulled out the team. You know, one half of poor football by Joe Willett, for example, he's taken out the squad. But you have like, Janet Xhaka before all this kicked off. He played every single bloody week. You don't get pulled off for a poor half. Right. And you ruin the youth, the youth confidence. And that... All this is down to the, the coach. It's not down to the players. Because they're a close-knit bunch, our squad. You can see that a million miles away. Well, look at when David Luiz scored the winner against Bournemouth. And everyone piled on top of him. You know, they love him. Yeah. yeah. That squad is really close. Yep. You know, you piss one off by really mistreating them. Then they're all going to start feeling pissed off. Yep. Well, maybe, you know what? Maybe the players need to rise up. Maybe the players need to... Uh... <laughs> Maybe they need to take a page out of uh, out of uh, Spartak Moscow's uh, playbook and, and basically just get him fired. Um, I, I, I read a uh, on the speaking of yeah. athletic. I, I read. I don't know if you got a chance to read this, but it was from uh, James McNicholas and Amy Lawrence. I was sitting here reading this last night. This was before the Hornstein news um, mm. broke, and it was it was just um, it just and. A, a very eye-opening piece into the history of Unai Emery and the history that he has, not only in Spain, but then in Russia and in Paris, and, and now the history that he's unfortunately writing 
with our club, he is not a player's manager. Um, there were talks of how he just would drone on and on and on with with the players and to the point where they finally just tuned him out. And when he was at Valencia, the supporters actually wrote a letter uh, to the club saying he's got to go. And then he and, and finally he did. And when he went to Moscow, uh, the players basically chased him out of the club because he had scolded one player for forgetting his passport only to turn around a couple of weeks later and Unai Emery forgot his own passport and the team had to wait three yeah. hours for him. And the players said, now this is, we're, we're done with this. You're So maybe that's what it'll take. Maybe that's what it'll take. It'll take the players here rising up against him and, and saying, we're not going to play this way anymore. Um, I think they're trying to, honestly. I, I to a degree, they, they, they look incredibly uninterested on the pitch. Um, it, like I say, to a degree, they're competitors. And once they get out there and the ball is kicked off, they're going to play. Um, but I, I just, I, I don't want to drone on here. I, I, I think maybe the players could, um, you know, maybe the players could do something because you can tell they don't respect him. They don't play for him. Um, so maybe that's the only, maybe that's our only, uh, our only hope at this point. Well, I don't want to say I've, I've told you so, I've, but, I, but I told you so. I went through its whole history. Yeah. I, went, I, I I fully researched this history. I, I Everything that... Because uh, I haven't had a chance to properly read it from top to bottom yet, that article. I, I started reading through it, but I've had a busy day today and I uh, haven't had a chance to properly read through it. It's just quite lengthy, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah. Um, I, I, I totally concur with um, what they probably have said when, if I, when I read it all the way through. And... Um, I think I mentioned it before. I think I did it. I mentioned it on your show about um, learning about what the fans think about uh, about him from all the previous clubs, and uh, none of them have got anything good to say about him at all. You know, and he was. I think he only lasted, if I'm correct, about eight months at Spartak Moscow, didn't he? Yeah, he didn't last a full season. No, and he was actually probably... fired. The owner of the club actually came into the locker room in front of the players. And fire and wow. sacked him in front of the players in the locker room, and they wow. the article go to went on to to basically say that um, it, it, he didn't even he didn't look stunned by the uh, by the decision. He just yep, very calmly just walked out the door and left, and that was it. You can't get much harsher than that, can you? No, no, not at That's all. That's really hard. Yeah, and that 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 must be very very bad to get to that stage. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, if the board, let me ask, let me ask you this: What is, what is DefCon Zero for for this club? At what, where is rock bottom? What, at what place in the table does this club need to be, and how far out of turning it around? Because that's where I see now they have a, they have a position in mind, and a, I'll say a point break where they say, okay, now. We're out of it. It's untenable. We're not even going to qualify for Europa League next year. Now he has to go. And that's what it seems like they're waiting for, which you can't wait until it's too late. But uh, what 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 do you think is that point? It's an excellent question. I, I really wish I knew. I mean, I, 
I'll tell you what, up until yesterday, I would have said, up until yesterday, I would have quite confidently said about losing to Leicester and being nine points behind. And I think it's, it's eight points out of the top four now. I think it we're is. We're exactly eight points out of top four because City actually sit in fourth place right now. We well, might as well have it. We might as well add an extra point on that because of our goal difference as well. With the, our goal difference is the worst. And minus one, minus one. With... Do you know what? I saw something today, and it, it was um, we have made the worst start since 1982 to 1983. Now officially, yep. yep. Twelve games. Gone, and we made the set. We we're on the same points after in 2014 2015, but at that point, we had a plus five goal difference under Wenger. That was the difference. And even at the worst time under Arsene Wenger, we played some good football. You could actually say that even if we lost a couple of games really poorly, we'd still go out and, and spank someone three or four nil one week. Yep. We can't do that now. We, we're playing like Stoke City. <laughs> you know. And I'll tell you what, and I'm not I'm not even exaggerating now. If we got put up against, um, say, I don't know, say Sheffield United two or three years ago, they were in League One, as we've all, as I've mentioned a hundred times. And if we came up against the manager in League One or League Two in the FA Cup now, and, you know, just after Christmas... And we come up against the manager who, who was as good a coach as G, as um, Chris Wilder. Mm-hmm. We'd lose. We'd lose. Yeah. We'd lose easily to a second division team. Yeah. What That's if we? The way I, I I mean, Leeds United. I mean, I know they're championship, but I, I think we get thrashed right now by Leeds United. We'd uh, we'd be so many. But you know what? People were actually slacking off our, our uh, performance against um, Nottingham Forest. Um, oh, it's only against Forest. Yeah, yeah. And we won 5-0. And I tell you what, you know, after that match, I think they, they went unbeaten for 10 to 12 games after that. You know, if we played them, played them now, they'd beat us as well, probably. Yeah. I don't think there's it, any confidence in the players. And I think I, I think the confidence in the players is gone because the confidence in them, because their confidence in the manager is gone. And it's it's a recipe for utter utter disaster. I know he has sucked the life out of this club. Absolutely yeah. sucked the life out of it. Think about how excited we were. I, I'll t- I'll tell you how excited I was at the beginning of the season. My ticket was booked to fly over there. I spent five days in London. I was there for the Burnley match. I was in DC during the Arsenal America tour. Took my nephew down. I got to tell you, and I'm gonna if you don't mind. I'm going to go off here for just a minute. Um, my brother, my fiance, and my nephew went down to D.C. for the Real Madrid match. And it was an absolute, the experience that we had was beyond amazing. We actually yeah. found the hotel where the team were staying. And just by pure happenstance, a, a security officer with the club, employed by the club, came walking through the hotel lobby. And we just happened, it was myself, my fiance, and my nephew. We're standing there talking to a a Washington, D.C. police officer. And one of the security officers for the club comes walking through the lobby and he bounces a soccer ball at my nephew. He bounced just all of a sudden. I just hear this ball bouncing towards us. And and here it comes. And it's it's and it's a ball from the club. It was a training ball. And 
pick up the ball and I'm looking at it. Matt Macy had signed the ball. Oh, and the security man. officer for the club gave it to my nephew. And we realized at that point, this is the this is the club's hotel. This is where they're staying. He got his picture taken with Bern Leno. Uh, Edu posed for a picture with my nephew. I didn't do anything. I didn't ask for the autographs. I didn't ask for any of the pictures with these guys. It's just not really my style. My nephew was there and I wanted him to get the experience. And these guys were so gracious uh, and so willing to take the time to, to pose for pictures with him. And that just built the excitement for me. And then as I'm looking for the seasons about to kick off, I'm going over there. I'm going to be at the Burnley match. And and now here I am, middle of November, the enjoyment, the excitement, the anticipation. I'm coming back over in, in, in two and a three and a half weeks. And I'll be there for two weeks. I'll be there for the Brighton match, uh, West Ham match away, and the Manchester City match. And I'm looking forward to being in London at Christmas time. I'm not looking forward to anything Arsenal right now. It just completely sucked the enjoyment and the excitement and the anticipation out of anything for me at this point. It's so sad, isn't it, what the way things are. Yep. And and I can't imagine that being said, I guess my point to all of that is if I'm feeling that way and, and, and I'm I'm invested in this too. I, I think one thing that, that is important for for us as supporters and fans to understand is we have a a deep lying love and attachment to this football club. The players, unless they come up through the academy, unless they're the Joe Willicks, the Eddie and Ketchias, um, <clears throat> excuse me. That, that came up through the academy and, and Hale End, it, it's important to realize that guys like Aubameyang and Lacazette, and I'm not, and I'm not, this is not a criticism of them at all. It is it, it just, it simply is what it is. They don't have that same attachment that we have. And that's not a knock on them at all by any stretch of the imagination. It just is what it is. They had their favorite team growing up. So for us, we're gutted as supporters when we see this. For them, it's different. I think they're gutted as well. I don't think they want to play for this manager. But I think that feeling for them is different than it is for us. That's And that's, yeah. that's all I'm trying to say. I thought they... and I should, Well, it's not 100% true, but I, I really thought they were... I was going to say that I really thought they loved the club, Lacquer and Alba, but I don't think any player loves a club And now. The only way you're going to love the club is if you are like Saka who's been with the club since he was four or five years old. Yeah. Um, but I genuinely think they were really happy and settled up until not too long ago. Yeah. Um, and it, I, I can just see it slipping away. I really can. Yep. And um, it's a massive worry. If we lose the players like Torreira, Aubameyang, Lacazette, we're not going to be able to replace them with similar quality. No. At all. No. Because I'd like to call on... Swiss ramble to actually tell us all exactly how bad it's going to be for Arsenal by not qualifying for the Champions League this season. Because I'm led to believe that it's going to be very, very bad financially if we don't. We're going to be in a lot of trouble. And last summer, they gambled a lot with the incomings and outgoings to get top four this season. So the fact that they're not doing anything by getting rid of Emery, just to try... They should have done it before this match yesterday because every single point is precious, as I said before. And we just threw away three points yesterday because there's no way we're going to beat them. And that was obvious. 
Yeah. So if they can afford to just cast away three points and go eight points out of the top four now, then I'd like to know exactly what effect this is going to have on the club by not qualifying. And if Swiss, Swiss, sorry, put my teeth in, if Swiss Ramble can actually put something out and tell us exactly how bad that will be, I'll be so grateful because I think we all need to know. And if they're not going to do anything, then they are... They are actually damaging, seriously damaging Arsenal Football Club. And they're not going to be, they're not doing their job properly. You know, it's gross misconduct by not sacking him. If at the end of the season, we're going to be in serious financial shit. Yeah, I. How are you, Ryan? Sorry, just to butt in. You're right, Ryan. You're joining us. Oh, I think he's frozen. Yeah, I think he froze. Yeah. Okay, well, I'd firstly, I'd like to call on, on him to do that, Swiss Ramble. Secondly, I would like to call upon this We Care Do You movement, like I've been tweeting in the last day or two. Now, you know, they, they seemingly had a very quick turnaround with the response from the club um, in the summer. We've not heard a single thing about from any of them. We've had some good um, content coming out from uh, Blog on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um but I want to hear from the We Care Do You movement because it's, have they stopped caring? Well, because I, I haven't. I actually uh, just saw a tweet. I actually just saw a tweet from them uh, this morning. Um, oh right. Yep. They they the it. Uh, I don't have it right here in front of me, uh, but basically it, it said we are here. Uh, we're paying attention. We're watching. Um, and I I kind of get the gist of it that I don't want to say lying in wait. Um, well, I, I think wondering, they're. I think they're wondering if that was in response to my tweet. At least I hope that's what they're doing anyway. I wonder whether that was in response to my tweets then, because I've been uh, asking for some kind of. Because it, they they've got to be severely worried as well, surely. Because if, if this is a serious issue, it's not just the fact that we're playing shit football and we're not winning football matches. The whole point is we are. Um, damaging, seriously, seriously damaging our brand and our product across the whole world at the moment. Yeah. Yep. We're losing a whole generation of supporters, potentially. Yep. Uh, and if we don't get in the top four, like I said, we could be in serious financial shit. And for the first time last season, Tottenham overtook us with their income. And that is not something that's uh, ever happened before, ever. So by being in the Europa League instead of the Champions League, we all know the difference in the amount of money you get and the amount of kudos you get as a club and what you can earn and what that means when you're trying to attract players. Now, we have got by on our past glories and attracted still still attracted some great players, but that's not going to last forever. No. If we lose Aubameyang, Lacazette and Torreira, what does that say to the rest of the footballers across Europe? I say, well, I don't want to go there. Yeah, that, that knock that, that Raul talked about over the summer, that different knock um, when it comes from this football club doesn't really... Uh, doesn't really sound that much different than the knock coming from Watford, coming from Burnley, uh, Bournemouth, Southampton. You know, just just another mid-table club come knocking on my door. That's probably not going to pay me what I think I'm worth. And um, yeah, why would I? Why would any? Why would any footballer want to come and play here right now? Uh, so that that's a massive damaging effect. Yep. And if we get if we that will obviously start. People will say I'm overreacting. I'm not overreacting. I'm sorry. 
if once you get into that routine, you're actually having to buy the players that are a step or two down from what we normally would, then that starts a whole cycle that's very, very hard to get out of. Very hard. We, we all know it's going to get hard. It used to be a top six, and it's not anymore. It's a top four with, with, the, with the teams. And sorry, I got that the wrong way around. I'll completely go backtrack. It used to be a top four. It's now a top six, I mean. And that means that with the likes of Leicester, they weren't in the that sort of shout for the top of the table uh, previously. They've got to be taken very seriously now, clearly. And if we... We can only assume that other teams, like Leicester, are going to be getting better and better as well. And we're not getting better and better. We're clearly getting worse. We're regressing very quickly. And we're going to get overtaken. And it, once we get into that situation, because we're in our fourth season of Europa League now, and it's not going to get any... I mean, we could actually not even qualify for the Europa League, which I ain't going to be uh, too sad about. But that is saying something. It really, really is. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> imagine... Imagine not having European football. I, it just the, the the sheer idea of that is is almost unfathomable to me. Um, is could it could this could there be a situation here where something last summer? If, if I'm sure you saw the interview that Raúl and Ben uh, I did with Laura Woods at uh, London Colney. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, something that Raúl said in that interview has stuck with me since I heard it. And he made a comment that the Europa League is a very important competition to Unai Emery. And it was just in that, just that little bit of, of conversation that, that, or the, the statement that he made there. And I, it, the light bulb went off for me. Unai Emery doesn't care about the league. I genuinely think he does not care about the domestic league or the domestic cups. I think Unai Emery's sole focus and sole purpose is to win the Europa League and through that qualify for Champions League. Well, he's the only only coach across Europe. Go ahead. Sorry, Andrew. I was going to say he's the only coach across Europe who would rest his players for the Premier League to keep a strong team for the group stages of the Europa League. I've never known that before. And that really fucked me up. He didn't even do this last year. He didn't even do this last year. I remember the teams that he was putting out in the group stages of the Europa League last year, and it was all youngsters or guys coming back from injury. It was nothing like what we're seeing now. And it's and I and I had this thought the other day too. And it uh, looks like Ryan is uh, fully on board with us here. Um, yeah, can you hear us, Ryan? Can you hear us, Ryan? Yeah. Oh, good. How are you, mate? Yeah, right. there we go. Yeah, just about. Quite faint. Can you turn your volume up at all, Ryan? On your microphone. Oh, that's better. Yeah, it's a bit better. better, Um, No, as I I was saying last year, he didn't even play the the teams that he's playing this year. What's, what's, What's very strange to me is in in the it's like he's going half and half. In the Europa League, he's playing a good. Uh, we're playing very well defensively, and I think he's played our uh, our best defenders in the Europa League matches, and then scales back the attack. 
But then in the Premier League matches, he goes the other way with Aubameyang, Lacazette, and Ozil. But doesn't quite go all the way with the attack because, again, no Mesut Ozil, Aubameyang, Lacazette, and Pepe in the lineup at the same time together with the exception, obviously, of um, of yesterday at the tail end, which made zero sense to me. But I'm not the manager. I'm just the guy here on YouTube and bitches about it. It's just so stupid that Pepe starts getting his, finding his feet, getting some form, getting his confidence. Oh, let's take it away from him in one last week by leaving him out and putting him in against that team of uh, farmers over in Portugal the other day when no one wanted to play in the pissing rain. Yep. Put Pepe out there and leave him out of our Premier League team. Kieran Tierney. Oh, yeah, Kieran Tierney. Oh, don't even start me on Kieran Tierney yesterday as well. I mean, Ryan, <laughs> if you can... Uh, I mean, uh, just... Uh, you missed um, us giving a, an overall general thoughts about yesterday's game. And, um, you know, we've gone into a bit more detail about the background of Unai Emery with his previous clubs, etc., and the way that he was thought of and um, how he was sacked by Spartak Moscow, etc. But just quickly and overall, give us your thoughts after the match yesterday. We don't have to go into sort of too much detail and analysis about the actual match itself, but your overall feelings after the match and uh, what's come out of it since. You know, what's the first things on your mind really at the moment? Again, as I said on my channel yesterday, as an Arsenal fan, I'm not going to any game with anyone, no matter who's the Oak League League. I'm going to it and thinking we're going to lose that. And literally, as soon as I saw the line up yesterday, we were playing a, basically a flat, uh, a back five, with a back, three centre backs with wing backs. So basically a back five, and then packed out his midfield of defensive minded midfielders, apparently. So I wasn't surprised in the going in, and I knew as soon as Vardy scored his goal, and then dominated us. Parts of the media now, because we did well for 68 minutes, we were nil nil. We didn't look comfortable. We had chances, yeah, but so did they. It was. It was two teams trying to get dudes have on the counter, so they were just cancelling out and stacked it. I did it in the second. That first goal went in, as I, was, I knew was, I knew we were going to lose anyway. That, that just, as per usual, heads drop and heart or desire or anything to turn around. And what frustrated me more, we waited until we were two. His substitutions again were absolutely bizarre. I know. Taking to over for Joe Willock. I mean, what are you expecting, Joe Willock? I mean, I know. <laughs> it's an absolute disgrace. The way he's treating Joe Willock at the moment. He should be one of, he's one of our shining so, lights so, alongside so, Martinelli. So, this, this, I was, sorry, I was just like half hour after the game, they had enough. The board have had enough. He's been making contact with lots of Lewis Enrique. Da, 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 da. This morning we wake up and then I'm saying, no, no, that ain't true. He's safe, he's staying put until the end of the season. 
it just seems to me that there's like one thing to one two different stories to cover their backsides. They know think everyone's it, people have seen this thing, and it's like since Venga, I think as he doesn't think he hasn't been as a on the ball when it comes to Arsenal. This is a person about the summer or transfer side. He was going, nope, not not happening, especially Pepe. But three to four that, uh, confirmed we had a big um, accepted that ever. He's out. No, they're not in. They can't afford Pepe. Da, 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 da. It's not happening. And then the second, the second the bid is accepted, he's out there giving it, giving it the bin. Like, mate, you're saying that we ain't, we ain't in for Pepe. We ain't got no glory. Like you knew it all. all Do you think? Sort of it could, do you think, Ryan, it could possibly be a um, what used to be known as the, you know, the vote of confidence? So, the- do you think that um, what was leaked through David Ornstein could be classed as a vote of confidence, the dreaded one? That's that's, that's what I've been thinking in the last few years. That could be. I'm hoping that's good. I'm praying that because we're if he's still here this time tomorrow. He, he obviously here. Going nowhere, and we're going to be stuck in a strut. And going after the international break, we've got games coming out of our ears. It's not even going to be easy. Southampton, so the first time going, they're fighting for their lives. They've got, I think, somebody, Everton, Brighton, um, we'll see, you know, it, it, and the way things are going, he ain't going to turn this around. I don't know about you. It's round, my... No, my no, 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 not at all. There's no, there's not, there's not one example it's, in it's history. Picking, it, it's, and it's also it's powerful. It's, it's very um, selective, so we say, in who, who he likes, who who he doesn't. In sense of Urzil, doesn't from the get go. Drops in, benches in, name it. Don't, He's not playing, he's not in the school. And then, seeing the likes of Socrates week in, week out, making errors, costing us points, left, right, centre. Uh, but doesn't be until yesterday. Mm. And there's other, and like Shaka, until, until this whole incident with Shaka, he was in the week in, week out. It's, it, as I said, yeah, I, I, said I said before, it's like the book, the book because Emmy was like a pig's ear of things. With that whole situation, the ball had to get involved. A and Brazil took it off the armband off from um, Jack and gave it to a bang. We're losing you, Ryan. Why was it not said and mentioned and get away? Ryan, have you got any other applications open on your? PC or laptop or whatever because we're losing you quite a bit at the moment I'll I'll come back to you in just a second Um, what I would like to know from you Ryan as well is um, I think we lost I might think we might have lost actually lost him I'll come back to you in a second Ryan I'll be back in five minutes my laptop's all weird yeah no problem at all no problem at all 
I mean, at the moment, I think we need to, like we said earlier, um, Tanner, that we need to sort of move on from talking really about Emery because his, short, his shortcomings are there for all to see. There's nothing else really we can say about him other than I don't believe he's a qualified coach personally. I think he's just good at interviewing. And, um, you know, yeah. uh, yeah. uh, he's the he's the top of the next manager, the, you know, the sack race. He's top of the betting for that at the moment. Yeah, saw that. Um, <clears throat> but I want to just quickly talk about... Um, something I replied to on Twitter not, not long ago. It's probably only about half an hour before we went live, really. There was a tweet I saw from Arsenic and basically saying that... I don't know really, I can't remember. I didn't write the whole thing down, but uh, about not wanting the club to go down the route of, um, you know, the revolving door policy that had been shown by Man United recently about making so many mistakes about... Uh, the managers that they've they've hired and getting rid of them so quick, etc., etc. I just, I, I just pulled it up here, Andrew. If you want me to read it off, yeah, please do. Arsenal do not want to go down the route taken by Manchester United following Sir Alex Ferguson's departure. They do not want to go through a series of coaches and end up with a disjointed squad that has been expensively assembled by several different figures. That's per Charles Watts at Goal.com. Thank you, and I, I replied to that with how annoying I find that type of um, argument. It really pisses me off, to be perfectly honest, because yeah, I, that is, it's, it's got no relevance to the way we're building the club. It, it's, be not, it's, just not, it's just not the way of modern football anymore. And I, no. I think I said this with you last week. The fact is we're in a results-driven business. This is a results-driven business, and we're not getting the results. And Chelsea, for all of, of their... I'll say I don't I, flaws, whatever you want to call it. We all we all hate them. It is what it is. But they they do it right. They you, look and and they will not settle for anything less than than the absolute best. I, I think the appointment of Frank Lampard to a degree is a look. We do want to kind of stabilize this ship a bit, and so they bring in a former club legend. Uh, you know relative success at, at the the next level down okay let's bring him in let's see if he's ready to go and and all signs are pointing to uh imagine what chelsea would would imagine where they'd be right now if they would have had if they would have had money to spend in the transfer window if they would have been able to to um you know to to operate within the transfer window over the summer they didn't have the transfer ban um imagine where they'd be right now under under frank lampard and this this business of the revolving door of coaches and everything else Okay, I don't want to sack a coach five games in unless it is that obvious and utterly bad that he has to go. But at this point, we're talking 18 months, and we are getting worse. I don't know what the board is seeing. I don't know what more they want. I don't want to hear this values of the club anymore. Win. Just win. Period. I Well, I totally, I totally agree. And the... Uh, the point I want to make about the uh, that tweet you just re read out as well, it's not relevant. It's not about um, leaving the club in disarray with players that have been bought by previous managers and so you've got a disjointed squad for the next guy to come into. That's not the point. The point is the guy that comes in next has just got to work with the players that he's given. Right. They don't go out and buy the players. They've got no say in who, who we buy. It's the backroom staff we've now got set up with Edu, Raoul, etc., etc. 
they are the ones that buy the players and supply them to the the coach. It's got, it, <laughs> that's, the point. that's why it doesn't make a difference removing yeah. a coach and putting a new coach in because everything stays the same. Hopefully, the players will get better coaching. That's what all the difference is. Yeah. The executives go to the grocery store. They buy the ingredients. They bring them home. The coach is the guy that has to cook dinner. Exactly. So what difference does it make? He's not going to be buying players that the next coach doesn't want to play, uh, to, doesn't want to use. It's irrelevant. So and that the, argument is completely irrelevant, what Arsenic said. And the players that we have right now want to be here. I I, I know that Aubameyang loves this club. I know Lacazette loves this club. You've, you've seen it. You can see it when things are going well. They want to be here, but they want to play for a manager who is going to release the handbrake, uncuff them, and let them go and try to get this club back to to where we've been, where we where we should be. And that's, that's Champions League football and pressing for winning the Premier League and winning the Champions League. It's not enough to just get there. I understand that it's a process. Liverpool are a great side. Manchester City are a great side. And right now we're behind them in terms of talent. Not even going to talk about the coaching. Um, we are behind them. But that's the goal. The goal is win the Premier League, win Champions League. Win. I want all the trophies. I want all of them. Any match we play in, I want to win. Period. End of discussion. Which means that at the end of the year or at the end of the competition, I want the trophy. I want to be the champion of everything. Period. I agree. And I think that I, I agreed with you about Aubameyang and Lacazette, that they loved the club. But notice the past tense. I don't I don't see it anymore in their play, in their facial expressions and the way that they are behaving. And I'm sure it's, it's still there somewhere, but at the moment, it's very much on the way. And I I saw that with Sabios, and I was so chuffed. And now, who knows what he's thinking? I, I wouldn't want to stay if I was him either. No. I mean, Real Madrid are starting to win again now. They won 6-0 again the other night. It's, they could potentially have turned a corner. I don't know. But we are seriously, seriously in danger. And like I, I said, anyone joining us just recently, I desperately want to hear from that Swiss ramble about how we are going to be affected by not qualifying for the, in the top four this year because I think we're going to be in a lot more trouble than anyone thinks. I don't think anyone has properly estimated how bad it's going to be if we don't get top four this year. And uh, it is going to be gross misconduct by Raul, by Edu, whoever's choice it's going to be not to get rid of Emery sooner if we don't make it. Their heads have got to be got to uh, be on the block for it. And also, I know you said that you heard um, yeah, saw a tweet earlier about the Weak EU movement saying we've got our eye on it. Well, it's too late to have your eye on it. Oh, we yeah. need action. We need fucking action. I've had my eye on it since last season. That ain't going to do nothing, is it? Having your eye on it. We need to have some kind of firm correspondence again. And we need to hear something about what the fuck is going on because it can't go on any longer. We've got to get that guy out of our club before he destroys it any further and we end up losing our players in January. Yeah. Because that's the only thing that's going to happen now. We're not going to strengthen in January like we're all told to be excited about. 
we're not we're going to be completely the opposite of excited because we're going to lose our best players yep and then we're, so, and then we're going to have to scramble just to try to to finish you know eighth or, or ninth and and um it's just uh, dire dire times mate dire times i i don't um I don't know. I, all, all I can say is exactly. I've, I've calmed down from last night. Um, I well, I, I it was this morning for me. Um, I think when Orton released the statement, uh, it might have been about uh, it might have been about four a.m. for me. And then, yes, I was still awake and I saw it live. Um, I put out a, a series of tweets and, and kind of uh, I'll say gone off the deep end a little bit. I I bought a, a ticket for Brighton. I'm, I'm going to that match. I have the ticket. I said, but I won't go to Manchester City. Um, the I'll be I'll be in town for the match. I, you know, do I spend the money on the ticket and and support the club financially? And said I wasn't going to do that. And I don't. Um, I'm softening on the stance a little bit. I don't know if I'm going to do it. Um, what's the best way to support? Everybody has their own ideas of of how to support and. and one thing I want to say is I see a lot of things on, on Twitter and social media eventually will be the downfall of first world society, in my opinion. Um, but everybody has their own way of supporting. And let me, hopefully there's some dog dog fans, uh, or dog people listening to us. And I see something where I, I see people say, my dog is the best dog in the world. And all these dog owners say that. None of them are wrong. If that makes sense. I have yeah, the best dog in the world. You have the best dog in the world. We're not wrong. We all are supporters. We're not wrong. And the way that we support, as long as it's not vile and vitriolic and toxic, it's not wrong. You support in the way that you feel is the best way to support without, again, being vile and toxic. Um, the things that were said to Granite Jock, I've even seen people who have said that they wish uh, Unai Emery would fall out of a helicopter. Come on, man. He's a human being. We don't think he's a good football coach. We don't want him here. But I don't want any, I don't wish him any ill will. I don't want anything tragic to happen to the man. That is, that yeah. is so far and away beyond my realm of comprehension when it comes to sports. I, I, I can't even, I, I can't even honor that. We all support in our own way. And I don't like seeing people say, oh, well, you do this, so you're not a real supporter. You're not, you're not one of us. You're not this, you're not that. We all choose to support in our own way. And, and as long as it's not hurting anyone, it's not vile, do what you do. You support in the best way you know how to support. For me, mm. while I'm in London, I do. I will make a decision on the Manchester City match. I don't know what I'm going to do. I think you should just make your decision based on who's in charge at the time. That's if pretty much exactly what I'm yeah. going to do. I'm going to wait a little bit to see if, in fact, and I will say that a lot of folks on Twitter have hit the nail on the head with David Ornstein, that since Ivan Gazidis has left and and uh, and subsequently Arsene Wenger, that he has not been um, as, I'll say, reliable as what he once was. So perhaps his very well-placed source in the club was Ivan Gazidis or someone directly underneath Ivan Gazidis. Um he did miss the, uh, the the Pepe transfer, so perhaps he's wrong. Perhaps he's wrong about this. Maybe he's being fed this information to... I don't really know why the club would feed him this information because they have to know that this is going to rile us up. 
That's a dreaded vote of confidence. Like I said, it may just be a differently worded, or maybe that's the way David Ornstein has worded it. But hopefully, it may be a yeah. dreaded vote of confidence. I don't know, but we've got to be looking I, a bit more imaginatively for the next guy as well. I mean, this Luis Enrique business and all that. I, I don't know whether I believe it, but if it is the case, it's just the wrong. We're, we're just going to end up lifting up too many rocks to find the correct guy. You know, to me, we need to look closer to home. There's a lot of talent that, you know, like Chris Wilder, like I said before, he would do a, a great job, yep. no doubt. Yep, Chris Wilder, Eddie Howe. I would, I, I mean, as, as we sit here and we're supporters, we're in the catbird seat because we can say things, you know, I can sit here and say, I'd love to see what Eddie Howe could do with this club. The, the problem with it is if it, if it, if it doesn't go well, uh, how much time have I wasted? Um, that's... You know, that's a, a bit of the problem. But Chris Wilder, um, yeah, Chris Wilder, Eddie Howe, um, you know, as far as English managers are concerned, um, I would absolutely love to see one of them get a shout. But I, I honestly think that our replacement is a lot closer to home. Um, I, I think we already have the replacement, quite frankly. Yeah. I think yeah, you have to go to Freddie. Give, it, give, uh, give Bobby Perez the uh, the shout as as the, the top assistant. Um think you had said, uh, somebody mm-hmm. said, I think it was you, who said Thierry Henry has been around the club um, for the past uh, the past few months now, pretty much every day, and and just bring that attitude in to work every single day, that that invincible attitude. And, um, and uh, I don't, he, he'd be wasted if he wasn't being used as um, a coach. Yep. I don't want him on the bench, but yep. as, a, as a, an assistant or manager, but he's going to be utilised as a coach. I mean, I definitely want... I mean, my ideal thing, like I've said to you before, is to get a, a good, experienced guy in to work with a Freddie Jungberg to bring him through and properly uh, give him the support and um, uh, so he can learn more. Uh, that is, to me... It's got to be the case that uh, the board were fully expecting Emery to see it through to the end of the season to get his top four and then probably give him the third year to just to further enhance uh, Freddie's education, really. Yeah. Um, they want to they want to bring Freddie through and they just feel at the moment that it's too early for him. So if they can bring in a Rafa Benitez... And I, I, I genuinely mean this. I honestly mean it. If they, even if they brought back Wenger for 12 to 18 months to train Freddie, specifically train Freddie, yeah. not to give him the powers that he had before, right? purely right. to train Freddie to be a great manager, yeah. I want to reiterate that, then that'd be fine. That'd be absolutely great with me. And I mean, Stan, in the, in the chat, he said... Brendan Rodgers, I'd be happy with Brendan Rodgers, very happy, but why, and and I genuinely mean this at the moment, and I wouldn't normally say this, wouldn't normally say it, but he's got, why would he leave Leicester with such a great project on the go at the moment? He wouldn't. Look, that club's building something. I'll tell you right now, that club, they're building something at Leicester. They're not, I don't think they're going to be a flash in the pan, um, no, you know it, it may have taken them three years to kind of start building back up again from their championship run, but I have a feeling they've got the guy in place right now that they want. That's gonna that he's that watch out for Lester. This is 
It's no longer going to be a, a the, you know, the big six, the top six. There's, there's, there's going to be a big seven um, in, in short order. Um, you know, the big clubs, obviously, Manchester, um, the, the, the London clubs. And um, I think Leicester's going to, I think they're going to sneak into that group. I really do. I think they're, I think they're going to put up a good fight for, for their good young and side. You could, you could actually, you could actually see. I tell you what, if we don't get drop this snobbery and go for someone like a, I don't know, like a Chris Wilder, for example, then someone like an Everton will. Yeah, and Everton have got a really strong squad. Yep. And they, if they get someone in like him, imagine the damage they could yep. do as well. Yep. Okay. Now for me, funny you say. That. I mean, everyone. Sorry, no, no, I was just going to say, I, I, I hate Liverpool so much that that by default, uh, I, I pseudo root for Everton. Um, if, as long as they don't play Arsenal and, and Everton winning a match doesn't negatively affect Arsenal, I root for Everton. I And, and Marco's still up there. I, I got to say, that's what I can't imagine being an Everton fan and how disappointed they they have to be with the squad they have. And, and uh, I mean, Marco Silva was their first choice or was their choice for, for a year they wanted him. They wanted him in, and then they get him, and kind of a be careful what you wish for. But um, mm. yeah, I, I, I Chris Wilder oh. is, is a good shout. It the only thing that really concerns me with with uh, you know the Chris Wilders, the the Eddie Howes, if if anybody's really considering that is can they do it at a club the size of Arsenal with the expectation uh, that comes with managing this club, and that is something that also I, I think they would do I think Chris Wilder would do very well man management wise tactics wise it would be the expectations of the big club could he could he deal with that and and that's something that has to be talked about as well I think um that Chris Wilder is not doing his CV and his reputation any harm at the moment is he oh I know he's, 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 he's still and he's, he's uh, teams and managers this season, the way he plays football. And he should have beaten Tottenham yesterday as well. Um, but with Eddie Howe, I've got... I really like the right guy for us either. And I'm worried. I am worried about him because they rush to 40 points every season and everyone's gushing with praise about their, their Bournemouth and the way they play football. And um, they go on this great run. And they beat some good big teams, and then all of a sudden they get to that magical forty-point mark, and they go off a cliff, and they and they just go missing for the next four or five months, and they got yeah. relegation form most seasons. You have a look, and you you research that, and I'm, you'll see that I'm not telling you that you know anything that uh, isn't correct. They just go off a cliff, and um, oh, that worries me big time because that's some kind of mentality issue. We don't need yeah. any more mentality issues, do we? Definitely, and. Um, <laughs> Stan the man says, "Please stop saying Eddie Howe." I'm with you, Stan. I don't want Eddie Howe, although I do rate him. Sorry, sorry, I do hope man, he gets I'm, a decent job. But yeah, well, not that he's not got a decent job, but you know, I, I do think he deserves a chance at a bigger club. But I don't want it to be with us, unfortunately. Just, um, just exactly. But I, I don't say he plays good football, but there, there's something, there's some serious issues there, anyway. But um, I, I do also think. That, Brendan Rodgers would be a fantastic choice, and um, I just don't think. Brendan I don't. Rod- think, I don't. I don't think he'd leave. I don't think he'd leave. No. Um, but look, uh, man, I, I um, would take 
I'd take an alligator in here to manage this club right now. Um, at least teams yeah. would be afraid of the alligator. Um, on the but anybody right now, then any anyone other than than Unai Emery, it just it has to be Louis Enrique doesn't really uh, uh, to quote my grandfather here. He, Louis Enrique doesn't really blow my skirt up. Um, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. He doesn't really do it for me. Um, I Jose Mourinho, I think he'd get us top four, but I there's just no way that Mourinho there's no way Mourinho would no sign way. less than a three year contract, and by that third year he would be so toxic in the club. Um, he would have alienated players, and the uh, the youth wouldn't be coming through. They wouldn't be getting their opportunity. So Jose Mourinho anymore is uh, unless he'd be willing to come in. For the rest of the season and say okay gotcha. i'll give you the rest of the season and then reevaluate in the summer and go from there with, with no further commitment i'd take jose Mourinho till the end of the season that's it but there's no way he would agree to that first of all i don't think we would pay what he would want to make to be totally honest with you i and but again it's it's a non-starter for the most part i i think the i think the answer is in-house and i think it's pretty long bird mm-hmm. and um I know the Wenger haters will will cringe at this, but I like your idea. Bring Wenger in until the end of the year and let him groom. Let him groom. And and even and and we we heard this talk from earlier in the season of during the the cup matches and well the cup match against Nottingham Forest and then the the Europa League matches that that Freddie was managing those and now all of a sudden it seems like that's gone away. Yeah, exactly. So, it disappeared. I know. I, I tweeted that to because um, I heard it from a number of sources, and I tweeted it to um, Ask Vlog, and he challenged me on it, and says, "Can you show me or send me the links or whatever?" So I said, "Yeah, fine, no problem." And it, I searched and I searched and I searched, and they, they've gone. I can't find any any kind of, and it made me feel bad because I'm not the sort of person that would retweet or make things up and yeah. uh, yeah. tweet garbage. I'm, I'm just not that person, right. and I, I felt. You know, I feel bad about that because I don't want to be seen as that person either, and, and because it's not me. So yeah, they just disappeared off Twitter, and I can't find it anymore. So that's just odd. Uh, the way uh, that, that came that came about, and it disappeared just as quick. Makes you yeah. make you wonder. At the very least, it makes you wonder if okay, was it was it actually real? Because I know I saw it. I know, I know for a fact well, that people speculate. I'm glad that you backed me up on it anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um. But um, I, I was going to say something then because um, and it's just gone out of my head because I was just reading this um, Stan again. Yeah, another thing about Eddie Howe, he went to Burnley for a season, which is easy to forget. To be perfectly honest, he didn't last there long and had to go back to Bournemouth with his tail between his legs because it's uh, it was a difficult job for him. Um, Eddie Howe is Spud's level. Well, I don't know. I wouldn't put him. I wouldn't put him that low. It does. <laughs> And, uh, I wouldn't do that to him. But, yeah, bringing back Wenger would just destroy our fan base. I think, I it, I think it would. It, probably I, would, I, it? it would really, the one thing that I can say, and I know you've seen this, is the the uh, the jokes abound that Unai Emery's done something that Wenger couldn't do in his final years, and that's unite the fan yeah. base. Just a shame that he's united yeah. the fan base completely against himself. Um, I know. Wenger, yeah, I I agree. I think I think that that bringing Arsene Wenger back would would absolutely split the fan base again. Um, but 
again, it, it's it's a good idea. It, you know, would would Vex and, come back, knowing no, that you you don't have any any sort of uh, you know input in transfers, and we're bringing you back to mentor and mold Freddie uh, and get him ready for the head the head coaching position. Um, I, I think just the overall, I, I think the 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 optics of it would um, of bringing Wenger back in would would uh, I think it would divide the fan base for sure. Well, I uh, I can't get past. I mean, Rafa's, um, Don Juan has just put on the messages about Rafa, and I've, obviously you know I've backed him for the job a lot. So I backed him for the job after the Europa League final um, myself. Actually, Don, uh, I I really rate the guy. People keep going on and on and on about his negative football, and that's just, to me, not true. And I'll argue that case all the time because the negative football that he showed with Newcastle was purely to work with the strength of the players that he had at his disposal to keep them in the league. He had to do whatever he could and work to their strengths. If he had a good squad, like our squad, he wouldn't play that kind of football. He would play good football. But... You know, I'm not going to say it's not completely negative, but that's what we bloody need. You know, but he would still work to the strengths of the quality of players that we've got. So we would have a best of both worlds. We would actually be almost immediately overnight, we'd be more organised and better defensive. Yeah. Um, but we would also, um, you know, he would also find a way of linking the three areas of the pitch a lot better than we are now because, well, we're not doing it at all now. So anyone could do that, to be perfectly yeah. honest. But we... We desperately need to have this. Um, we need to get. We need to get the antidote for this poison that we've we've had because it's killing us at the moment. And something has got to be done. And I, I physically cannot believe that it, nothing has been done at, up until now. And I just hope and pray that um, what was said by the Ornicle earlier is purely. Um, yeah, the, the dreaded vote of confidence. I, I really do. Um, but if, even if we appointed no one, we still got to get rid of him. Yeah, yeah we, we, we do better without a manager at the moment. Yeah. Yep. I. I, I think he's 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 sucking the life. He's sucking the joy out of the club. He's he's sucking the enjoyment, the the life, the passion. He's it's just he's an infection at this point in the club and the longer that he stays, the longer the infection is going to spread and the more damage it's going to do. And, but it's not down to him anymore though, as we've already discussed, you know, we've just got to leave him out the question because we all know that Emery has got to go, but we've got to turn our attentions to the board and pressure them and try and get a reason, a proper reason from them why they are not acting on a terrifically bad run of form. 87 points in 50 games we've had. And that's one less than under Arsene Wenger's last 50 games. We've had our worst start since 1982 to 83. All of our players are regressing in front of our eyes. Wolves had the most shots at the Emirates ever in the last game, but not, you know, game before last. Watford, when we played Watford, we all know the stat where we were the worst in the whole five top flights uh, of the top flights in Europe uh, with shots allowing shots against you know our manager is top of the betting for being the next manager sacked um, and we just need the we care the you movement 
to act now. We can't have them just, oh, we've got our eye on it. Well, that's not good enough anymore. You should have had your eye on it for months. Yeah, I'm gonna, so I'm, actually, I'm actually going in right now and setting um, on Twitter here, I'm actually gonna go in and set the alert for whenever they put out a tweet because I wanna be able to, I wanna be able to see what they say. And in fact, I'm sitting here right now, quite frankly, thinking, I may just write a letter myself. I'm a nobody, you know. I, well, I am. No, I am. I, I'm I am. there and thinking to myself, if I, could, if I could write a letter and and get it posted, and if I could get enough people to to share it, who knows? Um, yeah, you know, I am. I'm going to write one myself, and I've already because I put, you know, about the weekend to you. Um, I've, I've sort of copied them into tweets so, uh, over the last few days you may have seen you may have not seen but I've, I've been doing that yeah. and I've put that I care to you yeah. as, uh, and if no one else is going to do anything yeah. I'm going to do it I'm going to write something up myself because before they started their petition I'd already started one about two or three weeks before and got a little bit of traction I'm not going to get anything I'm not going to get anywhere however I just want it known about how strongly I feel about it because someone somewhere has got to do something about it and we've got to act quickly because things are just getting worse and worse and we're going to end up losing our best players as well which i really can't bear to stand and i'll tell you what now i um i missed about two or three seasons of arsenal after van Persie left the club because i was just that furious that's how bad i was wow and if we if we lose our bamiang i'll do the same if we appoint Mourinho, i would do the same yeah, I would. I would. I wouldn't come back until these it, it been sorted out, and and that's going to be the case this time as well. If we end up losing Abamyang, Lacazette, Torreira, and anyone else you care to mention, and Martinelli as well, I swear to God, you know, oh. if we lost him, I'll be. Oh, I don't know what to do because that just be the final nail in the coffin for me. And the people are going on about all oh, that game yesterday was the final nail in Emery's coffin. Well, there can't be any wood left in that coffin, to be perfectly honest. It must be yeah. all nails. Yeah, I, yeah been well, exactly. nothing, nothing to the nails that you sticking to. Let me, let me ask you a question, Andrew. You can speak this better than I can. You know, being over there, um, you have a better idea and understanding as, as to how these things work. Um, I the, the Ornstein piece aside, um, could, could it could it be that? Could it be that that vote of confidence? Um, are these things? If he were to be sacked, would it be more likely that he would be sacked tomorrow, not today? Because today's Sunday. Maybe they don't want to overshadow the, which I don't particularly care about. Overshadow Liverpool and Manchester City. Fine by me. But is there any thought that, that the club don't want to upstage a, a big game, so they're going to wait until the day after the weekend uh, to sack him? Is that something that – is that a thing, or does it really not matter? You typically get sacked the day after. If you're going to get sacked, you're going to be sacked the day after the, the final match. It, it doesn't matter. Um, football has got its own rules and regulations, and it doesn't go in line with any kind of other walk of life, to be perfectly honest. And you, that you get – um, announcements from your team sometimes at 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night, don't you? Yeah. Are coming out across Twitter. It doesn't, there's no rhyme or reason behind it. Um, they wouldn't do it, uh, sorry, they wouldn't not do it on a Sunday because, you know, they're not at work. They would just, <laughs> it doesn't matter. You just get called in any time of day or night yeah. uh, when they've made their mind up. So, 
I'm just hoping to God, and I think I'm just, I know deep down that it, it's not the case, but I'm just still hoping that it was the dreaded vote of confidence, and I'm still hoping that Raul. Because I mean, let's let's, let's not forget, Raul is from bloody Barcelona. Yeah, yeah, they'll happily sack a manager after three or four months. I I think you know, if I'm being totally honest with you, Andrew, I think this is coming down from ownership. I don't think they want to pay him off, or or and 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 maybe this is just hope against hope. Are they? Are they hoping that he will resign on his own? Is there language written into the contract where if he's fired, they owe him the the entirety of the contract versus if he resigns, they don't have to pay him? I don't think he'll get the salary from the third year, but I think he'll get a portion of it, definitely, because the reported figure, I don't know where it came from, so it's... It's not something I know for sure, but the reported figure is six million. And that's not going to be from now until the end of the year, that's for sure. So it's going to be probably a... Uh, we seem to have... Oh. Did I lose you, Andrew? I don't know whether you can hear me yeah, anyway. I, I, can I, you, uh, Stan or Don, if you can put a little note in there to say you can hear me okay, that'd be great. Sure. Anyway... I don't think, Don, that the Cronks won't sack, sack Emery um, just to save the six million quid. I really, really don't. Because it's... if like, I don't know whether you missed it earlier from what I said, Don, about how serious the financial issues will be if we don't qualify for the Champions League. And I think it's absolutely vital. And Raul came out himself this season, didn't he, more than that long ago, saying that that it's got to be done this season. We've got to get in the top four. Um, so there's not one manager in the whole world that would just happily walk away from his severance pay. Tanner. He, he's not going to resign. He'd just be mad to. Um, I so he's not been in the game long enough to be, you know, the managers out there either. So I'm sure this is by far even. I'm sure he's getting paid more from us than he was at PSG. I've got no doubt about that. Oh, so that's about it either. No. So thank you, Stan and Don. Thank you for saying answering my question. But yeah, I don't think that um, he will walk away, um, and I don't think that it makes any difference whatsoever about when he's sacked. It just comes around to if. Now he may, they may well be speaking to every manager that they can get their hands on in Don Don Rowell's little red book um, and trying to get someone lined up before they actually pull the plug. But at the moment, I don't think that should be in the consideration. Just get rid of the uh, problem first and then they can set about sorting it out because... you got to cut out the infection before you can begin the healing process. Well, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, worst come to worst, for God's sake, they've, they've also got... I mean, I know this sounds ridiculous, but we ain't going to be on our knees we've got Freddie there we've got um steve bold there who's got a lot of experience working with the under 23s a lot of our squad is from the under 23s now so we're not going to be on a, a you know on death's door if we just have to rely on them for a couple of weeks right so let's just do it i mean it, it, just getting rid of that i mean look at what happened to man united when Mourinho left under raleigh when he started the whole weight had just lifted off their shoulders and they just pl- it's like a switch going on, yep. and they just all that negativity was just gone straight away. Everyone just 
<sighs> you know, take a deep breath. It's just gone, isn't it? Within seconds, you feel like a new person. That would that would happen, I'm sure. Once everyone was yeah. out the door, and they could just express themselves on the pitch again. That that's all it would take. And playing players in the right positions, for God's sake. Yeah, picking playing the right players. Players in the right, playing your best players in their proper positions. Is yeah, it's it's really no simpler than that. Think about it. it it's and it's not exactly that's that's all it's down to. And 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 this is coming from someone, and I may lose a little bit of respect for saying this, but this comes from someone who's never played a true organized game of eleven v eleven. I've never played this sport in an organized fashion ever, and I can mm. clearly see that it is. It starts with play your best players in their right position. That's it, it starts there. It starts there. I, I can't, I can't make it any simpler than that. No, exactly. Well, Ray's put, I hate the apathy that we all feel now. And I'm exactly the same, Ray. I'll take no pleasure whatsoever in, in putting out the tweaks I put out, right. putting out the video, the podcast and videos I put out. I just, I don't like it. I hate it. And I actually um, had enough last night. I, I don't know if you saw it. I put out a little 20 minute video I made of just lots of positive memories and positive images. I did see it. Yep. <laughs> just, um, just to make, hopefully give everyone just a little bit of, um, you know, better feeling than, uh, than that's going around at the moment, because we've all got to remember sometimes that this is a lot more uh, supporting Arsenal is the club it's about the 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 feeling it gives you it's not it's not about the current incumbents of the manager the current players it's much bigger than that yep. we've all got to go back to basics sometimes and remember what this club stands for what it is and uh, that's why i just thought oh, i'm going to put that together yesterday it's only like a glorified slideshow but there's some lovely pictures oh, in there that take, take the right back last night and then i followed it up with highlights of jerry Henry and dennis Bergkamp and Ian Wright and uh, I actually almost sat here last night and watched the uh, the Anfield '89 match all over again. That was the yeah. moment that I fell in love with the club, and um, mm. that uh, yeah. yeah, just you know, need some positivity. We need some positivity. No, exactly. How, however, it's going to come. We need it. Well, so. do you know what? I'm pretty much above everything else. Obviously, first and foremost, I am concerned. Even though it's not my money, it's not my business. But it's my club. So I am concerned about the financial aspect of not getting a top four. So that is going to be a worry for me. But also, first and foremost, I think, uh, which is the top of my list of worries, is losing any of the great quality players that I believe we have now. And I've been waiting for so many years to get a good crop of good British youngsters coming through into the first team. I've been dying for that for so long. And we've never had a, a crop as strong as this coming through at the same yeah. time. Yeah. It, and given the right guidance under the right coach, they, I mean, what's to say that they couldn't be in, a ne- in another year or two? What's to say that they couldn't be the next, you know, class of 92 that Man United found? Yeah. They could to have the same impact. Yep. And I, I'm just desperately concerned about the effect all this is having on the squad because I think it's, a, I've said this a hundred times and again, apologies for repeating myself, but it's the strongest squad I believe that we've had for a good, a good decade, I think. 
And to risk ripping the squad apart for the sake of not sacking this manager, well, head coach, I should say, is wrong. Absolutely wrong. Yeah. And I'm always, in fact, I think I started talking about this earlier and I never finished it off. And I will quickly because I need to go uh, soon. But um, I need to call it a night soon. But just quickly, I was saying earlier that normal normal circumstances would dictate that I would blame the players more than the manager if this was happening with another club. But on this case, on this occasion, I genuinely don't feel that way. I don't feel that we can blame the players too much after what we've seen over the last 18 months and what we know about how Emery was at his previous clubs. So on this occasion, I am not being too scathing about the players because I think that they are all being affected as a whole by what's happening on the pitch. And I think that a good, massive percentage of all the problems at the moment are down and that can be sourced back to Unai Emery and the decisions that he makes. And um, yeah, I just wanted to say, I don't think it's the, the, the squad's fault. I think the squad in as a whole is a very strong squad. And I'm not just talking about the quality of the players. I'm talking about the way that they all interact with each other, the way that it's a very friendly squad. And you can just see game by game that that is eroding. And I'm worried about that. Yep. I, I, that's, you said it perfectly. I couldn't say it any better. I agree. And I agree wholeheartedly with you. I, I think Emery has, as I've, Again, don't mean to repeat myself either, but I think Unai Emery has just sucked the life out of the club and and they're not having fun. And if the board and ownership do not realize that this group of players, when you lose the dressing room, your time is up. That mm. That is, and I think he lost the players. I think he lost them after Watford. I think that's what, well... I'm I'm going to go back. I'll be honest with you. I'm going to go back even further. I think he lost them prior to the Spurs match because he set us up scared. Well, he set us up scared. And I think I think when you look at Obama Yang, Lacazette, Torreira, and the passion that they show that they've shown in that in that game, um, not not that specific, but just playing playing Spurs and the passion and they know what that game means and the way that Emery had us set up scared hey I don't want to lose this game 3-0 I I think I think he started losing them at that point Mm. I think they started to see that wow okay this guy is there's look there's there's a huge difference and I said this on Twitter the other day there is a huge difference between playing to win and playing not to lose. Absolutely. It's a, it's, a, it's a different mentality altogether, and it's for a different size club altogether. When you're playing to win, you're on the front foot. You're aggressive. You're attacking. When you're playing not to lose, you're on your heels. You're backing up. Guys are running past you. And when you play not to lose, what's going to happen? You're going to lose. And it, yeah. it, you're, you're, you're exactly right. It, it's the whole mentality of it. And, um, yeah, I hope against hope, mate, that 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 it, it, that it is the dreaded vote of confidence and that maybe uh, maybe it is just, uh, hey, we want to be able to fire him and announce the replacement straight away. So, 
Um, do, you know, do you know what? I don't. I don't want to be to sound like a um, you know, like an old big softy or whatever. But I, I actually turned round in the summer completely from what I was thinking before, and I actually put, I put all my faith in Raoul and Edu, and, and I actually started to think that I was stupid for doubting them before. And after the summer, I thought, no, I'm really pleased that I'm, I've got a lot of faith in these guys. And if it turns out that we were just being blagged all along and they don't do anything and they think it's all right to be the... I'm going to feel so stupid and maybe stupid, silly thing to say or whatever, but I am. I'm going to feel let down by Raul yeah. and Edu and... You're going to feel... And Joe, like I actually thought on this occasion... After the, he didn't have to come out and interviews after the weak EU movement and so on and so forth. And after the the transfer window shut, he didn't have to come out and, and do those interviews, but he did. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to put my faith in you. And if it turns out that they're happy with the way things are and they don't do anything, I'm going to feel bloody let down. Really am. And yeah. um, yep. it's not good. I, I, I was. I mean, Don, uh, I agree. You should have got the sack after the Europa League because I went yeah. on the uh, Chronicles of Aguna phone-ins and I put, uh, I made a, like I said, I've made a, a podcast episode out of my uh, uh, appearances on on that great show, and I said it then. And I talked about Chris Wilder, I talked about Rafa Benitez, and I talked about Freddie Jungberg, and that was the day after the Europa League final, and nothing's changed since then. So go and give that a listen. I can't remember what episode it is, but uh, you'll find it on on YouTube. Yeah. But um, guys, I uh, I really I could talk, I literally could talk on probably for another an hour or two. But I'm really sorry. <laughs> I'm going to have to uh, go. We've we've already overrun an awful lot. I'm sure you want to go and get your breakfast, Tanner. So thank you ever so much for joining me. I really That's really cool. appreciate it. Um, you're going to be on another uh, one of the Wednesday shows coming up soon. I hope. Yes, sir. Yep. Fantastic. Yeah, I think I'm going to be putting my show out, uh, episode two, I think I'll be putting out uh, tomorrow, quite frankly. So, oh, I'll, fantastic. Uh, Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Yes. No problem. Well, everyone's got your, um, can see on the screen your Twitter handle. So please go and give Tanner a follow. It's fantastic. It's one of the great guys out there. Follow him on, um, Oh, subscribe to him on YouTube as well. Um, had a really good... If you haven't listened anyone yet, people are listening now. Thank you for listening. If you're watching live, please make sure you go and give Tanner his um, first video that he did the other day, which I was really lucky to uh, join him on. That was really interesting. I really enjoyed that. And hopefully it'll be the first of many that we'll do together in the... Uh, the upcoming weeks and months but thanks ever so much for all you guys listening you've had some really good comments that have really kept us going today so i thank you stan thank you don thank you ray thanks everyone for watching and uh please give us a like if you haven't done so already i never asked for likes and uh i never asked for you know subscribers whilst i do these videos but please do if you haven't already already subscribed and please um, subscribe please tell your friends because I, uh, you know, really want to the word of, from Dial Square to wear out there. And obviously, 
the same with all the the great guests and their channels that i have on every week as well but don't forget everyone um, on the 20th i've got uh, nigel winterburn joining me on the show and that's going to be really exciting can't wait for that so please make sure you hit the notifications button as well it helps me with the videos somehow don't know how exactly but it does and uh, so if you can hit the notification button uh, so you don't miss those live shows when they go out but the so next one on wednesday uh seven o'clock back to normal and then the wednesday after is the nigel winterburn episode so please don't miss that so thanks ever so much for listening watching whatever you're doing really appreciate it thanks again tanner and we'll speak to you all again Cheers, soon See you. Take care. Bye bye. Take care, mate. Thanks very much for listening. We really do appreciate each and every one of you. We really need your help to spread the word about from Dar Square to Where. So if you haven't done so already, please give us a five-star review on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe to the From Dar Square to Where YouTube channel and hit the notification button so you never miss a live show. And finally, please tune in to the live shows. Don't forget, you can get the chance every week to be the star alongside Andrew and his great guests just for being the most entertaining viewer on the night. Thanks again and see you on the next episode. Bye!